0: S-P-U-L-L-E-N at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address.
1: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
0: Disclaimer time. This is where I tell everyone to lighten up. It's just a podcast. Trading is like that roller coaster at the amusement park. Thrilling, unpredictable, and potentially stomach-churning. What works for one person might leave another clutching their hat in the wind. Our hosts and guests, they're awesome, knowledgeable, full of insights, but we're not financial advisors. So don't rush to make any investment decisions based solely on our banter. Always consult with a professional or do your own research. Plus, let's face it, we like to have fun, laugh, enjoy the trading ride together. It's all in the name of good podcasting fun. So remember, take it easy, don't bet the farm, and keep your seatbelts on at all times. Thank you for listening. Right. Hello, everybody. Happy New Year and welcome to The China Shop, home of the band of traders. I am your host, Kyle, and today I'm joined by the founder and CEO of Ticker and the host of the podcast Payback Time, Sean Tepper. If you'd like to learn more about today's guest, make sure you check out his website at ticker.com and that's T Y K-R.com. Or you can check out the podcast Payback Time anywhere where you're getting this one. Uh, last but not least, uh, please feel free to reach out with any suggestions, corrections, or questions for future guests. Do that via email at bandoftraders at gmail.com, or you can join our free Discord server, where a bunch of amazing people gather to share our struggles and lessons learned with other like-minded market aficionados. All those links are in the episode description so you can peruse them at your convenience. But now that we get got all that promotional stuff out of the way, let's get,
2: let's get to know Sean here. Sean, how are you doing, man? How was your uh, Christmas? Uh, Christmas was, was okay. I I actually, I was just telling you offline here. I had a wicked sinus infection. I wasn't COVID, but it was some kind of flu. And and I sent my wife to her folks place where I stayed home and just watched movies and TV. I worked through (laughs) Andor on Disney plus. I don't know if you saw it, but I worked through that. Um, really good. And then, uh, watched the new Zack Snyder film on Netflix, rebel moon, which was all right, but yeah, I just kind of laid low just to rest up, and here we are a few days later. I'm like, all right, I'm about 80% better. So two days ago, I would have had to cancel this one. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm glad uh,
0: glad you're recovering. Was it the kids that got you sick? or
2: uh, n- No kids. It, I, something, I don't know if I got it at the gym or you know passing somebody at a grocery store or what, but um, yeah, survived. But anyway, how was
0: yours? That was good. I uh, got a really awesome Christmas present uh, from, I think it was the wife's sister, and they brought in one of those baskets of fake snowballs and i don't know why but that just turned out to be the most fun having indoor snowball fights
2: fake snowballs <laughs> what's what's it made uh, just what's like it made cotton
0: of? it's just like a little cotton ball but looks like a snowball and when they start flying you can't tell the difference
2: <laughs> does it have some weight to it so no no, you... no
0: they're soft so you're not going to break anything i took one okay. right in the nose when i was filming a video <laughs> of
2: it <laughs> Okay. All right. I think of cotton balls are like light as a feather. It's it's pretty dense. um, I'll I'll, I'll shoot you the video when we get done here. I'll I'll
0: send it to you. Okay, Uh, (laughs) We're coming up. uh, This should be New Year's for anybody listening to this. Kind of talked about my New Year's resolution on the last episode. I'm planning on uh, starting a program called Trident Trident Mindset, I think is what it's called. I'm going to do that for 30 days. Uh, Do you have any New Year's resolutions
2: uh, planned for this year? I'm, I'm usually not a big resolution person, although this year I, I really like working on Ticker and a few things going on in the business really pushed hard the last three months. And I think a little too hard, which might have led to me getting sick. So I'm like, I'm going to try to sleep in a little more. That's one. Um, two, I'm going to slow down a little bit with a business and just uh, I like to, for example, like mid days around lunch. I like to like get out, and do walks. I didn't do that like the last mm-hmm. two to three months. Um, so I'm going to do more of that, like a plug on a podcast, go for 45 minutes. It's like, I need more me time. Let's slow down a little bit. So I think that's what I'll focus
0: on. I think that's an awesome, Most of the time people are always trying to start a new habit or go work out more, Mm. but to take the time to focus a little bit more on you and what you need to not burn out, basically.
2: Yeah. Right. So nothing market related then? Nothing market related. My main, like I invest in the stock market, of course, but my main stock is actually my business. It's a, it's a software as a service business. And that's, I have a lot of SaaS stocks I invest in, but Mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm really focused on my stock. We're hitting a momentum moment. So it's like, that's my stock. This is, this is the direction we're going. So As far as my, I could talk about individual stocks if you want to get into those a little bit.
0: Well, I think I'd like to go back a little bit further first and just kind of learn a little bit about how you got interested in the markets uh, in general.
2: Absolutely. I'll take like two to three minutes here, if you don't mind, and give you my backstory. Give me the whole backstory if you want. We've got plenty of time. (laughs) Go way back to the beginning. The first movie I ever saw in theaters was Batman, 1989. But anyway, um, I my and that's true my dad brought me to see it I'm I'm a total movie nerd um I love the 80s so anybody wants to get on the subject of 80s or movies in general usually movies from like the 80s and and to today are you an Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger
0: or a Sylvester Stallone guy
2: um I have to gosh good question I know right Predator Predator is so good but like I love the Rambo movies Mm -hmm. um but I, I, I love like, you know, Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Goonies, Back oh, to the Future is like, I don't, that, yes. I don't know if you can get better than that. I've, I don't know how many times I've watched through that series. I got to go back recently. My my wife and I, we just worked through the Matrix films again. Mm-hmm. Um, the third one was, you know, a little mm-hmm. so-so, but that first one from 99 is, that's killer. and um we, what did we, we're going to start the, cause we've seen them so many times, but the John Wick series, like I love those four films.
0: I think I've watched the first two. I need to go through and see
2: the okay uh, the rest of them. Yeah. So as, as you and your audience can see here, we we could probably talk about movies all day. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> nice digression. Um, but, but how I got into the market was kind of a interesting path. So um, I, I went to school for originally for architecture i did architecture in high school this was around uh, 2001 went to college and the problem was when i got to college architecture classes there were no computer classes and in high school it was all computer it wasn't all but the classes i took that were architecture related were computer aided Mm -hmm. design cad yeah and i got pretty pretty good and i'm like i want to do that like I, i can do like blueprints and homes and corporate buildings whatever so college didn't have any of that it was on model building and drawing. And that's when I quickly found out I'm not good at any of that. <laughs> um, Cause and a teacher even said, like if you want to find work outside of school, you need to be in the top 10%. And I'm like, well, I'm most definitely in the bottom 10%. So um, mm-hmm. architecture was not my future. I switched to fine arts actually to get into the movie industry. It was like an emphasis on film, uh, cinematography. And then I also enjoy screenplay writing. Um, And I had two paths there. I could either go to the TV industry, movie industry, and were the main two paths. The third path was use that to get into ad agencies or marketing firms, which happened to be everywhere. So Mm -hmm. that ended up being the path I took, got a job, worked for a company that um, was really focused on real estate. So they did a lot of real estate commercials, and I got to produce a lot of videos. And I worked there for one year as an agency model. And I'm like, hey, I can create this model because their revenue streams are service based. They they make money off of video commercials. They did um, websites and software as well. Um, social media really wasn't a thing. But I was like, an agency model isn't too complex to create. So I worked one year, figured out the model, went to create my own business, <laughs>
1: did
2: that through, did that for four years, and didn't make any money building small business. Through, this was through the recession. Okay. Okay. Although. Yeah. Although the last year, um, we started to bring on some bigger clients and that caught the attention of other ad agencies. And it was 2010 when a larger agency said, hey, would you be interested in merging with us? And I was like, yes. I was, to be honest with you, that was way burnt out. I was working like 60, 70 hours a week and not making any money. Um, and the reason is in order to serve more clients, you have to hire more people. Um, in other, And I talk about this in our company a lot. Um, to our audience. It's like, you want to be able to invest in companies where you can scale revenue much faster than liabilities. Well, we we uh, were not able uh, to do that. Okay. Right. We were adding more revenue, but adding more liabilities. So it was a team of five and the merger wasn't like a check, like, Hey, here's a million dollars. You can write off in the sunset. It wasn't that it was a situation where all debts and liabilities were wiped clean. So fresh slate oh, protocol. Okay. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I was looking... Through your your LinkedIn profile, is that sure. when when they uh, acquired you? It looks like you took on the role of vice president at the new company. Was that part of the agreement?
2: Correct. Yes, at the at the larger agency, uh, VP of marketing, I think. How um, much bigger were they than you? Ah, uh, gosh, um, the t- went from five employees to about forty, um, and revenue wise, they were a company that were doing. Probably multi millions, but mm-hmm. I don't know if it was ten million or more a year. Um, and they had they had been around forty years, and they had some major major clients, like even some Fortune five hundred clients under mm-hmm. their uh, in their portfolio. And they did more than what we just did. Um, they like we kind of came in and really leveled up their uh, tech side. So um, IT, websites, video. Like that took that division to another level in their company, but they were also very good at like um, trade shows. They Mm -hmm. would build these giant trade show you could call them kiosks, but think of them like the size of a house is pretty, I mean, we're (laughs) we're talking to build one of these was like multi six figure project. And then, you know, setting them up, tearing them down, going to other trade shows. So that was their main revenue model, actually. Hmm. It was And and to give you context here, after that merger, I was actually pretty frustrated with myself because I'm like, I want four key years in my 20s making no money and saving no money and and nor investing no money. I was so mad at myself. Mm -hmm. But those like two years later, um, I'll I'll kind of pause there. What I did at that moment is I knew the type of business I wanted to get into, which was SaaS, scalable business. I was looking at Netflix, Mm -hmm. MailChimp. Salesforce. I'm like, I'm on a subscription model where I can increase revenue without increasing liabilities nearly as fast. Yes. Um, in SaaS, that's music to my ears. Right. Um, although I didn't have any good SaaS ideas at the time. So I decided to go work for large corporations and I've done a lot of corporate contracting with um, like GE and Kohler, both good companies. Um, and I plan to do corporate contracting for about two years that turned into 12, but it really <laughs> led to what it always takes longer I know, than respect, right? but uh, unbelievable. Um but it was good because I got to learn how do publicly traded companies market, operate, and sell. So it's critical education. And and at that same time I got into investing and I decided to um, start investing in private companies. So angel investing, which is like I, I was like, hey I, I went through a merger I'm pretty good at tech. I can totally figure out a good opportunity investment, mm-hmm. get in early, watch it go to a thousand percent. Needless to say, that never happens. Like angel investing and venture <laughs> capital investing are actually pretty hard.
0: Yeah. I've heard. <laughs> so,
2: right. Like you're, you're going to step up to the plate. You're going to swing a hundred times and you hope one of them mm-hmm. is knocked out of the park. And that one makes up for the losses of the other 99 essentially is the model.
0: so, And with angel investing too, you don't really get
2: any say in it, right? You're just giving money and then stepping back. Correct. Yeah. You would have to be like an operating partner mm-hmm. in the business to be like, you You can kind of steer the ship. So so I'll get to how I transitioned to the um, stock market in a second, but I, I was doing this for about two years. And I, I actually, um, I look back at my time, those four years in the agency, and I had a folder on my computer with like I don't know. It had four hundred different folders, one with a different company within, and realized that I had I pitched four hundred companies and closed about a hundred hundred deals. So it's about twenty five percent closing ratio. Pretty good, I um, would think, right? What which was good, but the win was the understanding of business models. This point, it was the foundation for investing that that really helped me. You know, get into investing in general. So for mm-hmm. example, we, look, we serve everything from restaurants to automotive detailers to um, SaaS businesses, e-commerce businesses, I think a hair salon or two, manufacturing companies, a lot of manufacturing companies. Mm-hmm. So I knew at that point, like, hey, what, like if somebody comes to me with a business, like a stock, I can usually in 60 seconds or less now have a pretty good understanding of how the business makes money mm-hmm. um, and if it's scalable or not. So if I didn't have those four painful years, I wouldn't have that education. So anyway, (laughs) it was, it was necessary. So go to 2015. I decided let's stop angel investing because that's not working. I was like making some money and losing money, but I I knew like guys like Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger, they are able to consistently beat the market. In fact, Warren Buffett, you probably know this has said if he was managing a million dollars or even $10 million, he could make 50% per year consistently. And I'm like, well, Hmm. This is not a gambling man. He's not using emotions, right? He's not using feelings. So where is he starting his process? And to me, you know, a solid 10 years now into the software engineering world, I was like, um, okay. So he's starting with logic. He's probably starting with math. And I decided, let's go down the the rabbit hole, YouTube, Hmm. read as many books as I can. A lot of fluff, a lot of wasted, I wouldn't say wasted time, but a lot of dead ends.
0: Sift through a lot of shit to
2: find what you like. Like, Yep. Yep. Yeah. And found a guy by the name of Phil Town who who actually provided some of the calculus in his books. His books are Rule One. Um another book is Payback Time. He's got a third book called Invested, which he wrote with his daughter. Um and I'm sure that's fine, but Rule One and Payback Time provide some of the calculus. Is he
0: yeah. is he the guy who did a podcast with his daughter teaching her fundamental analysis?
2: Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh one of our listeners has mentioned that to me. I'm sorry. What were the names of the other two books? You said rule one payback time.
2: Yeah. So rule one payback time. And the third book is invested. I'm going to make notes just so I can link them in the episode show notes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I found those books and I'm like, all right. So in Phil town, for example, he talks about, you should be as if you're investing on your own, you're managing your own money. You should be able to make 15% or more per year. Mm -hmm. If no, if, ands or buts, I'm like, okay, let's do it. So I decided, this was 2016, um, it was actually 15 and 16, I created an Excel sheet and I wanted to gamify it with a point system. So I have like definitive yes or no. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I don't want to be in this waffling, like, is this a good stock? Is this a bad stock? I want to know and then move on to the next if it's not a good stock. Right. And created this Excel sheet, which would take me about 10 minutes to analyze a stock. How it works is looking at five years of historical data, on the financial statements. And by this point, I had a pretty good understanding of what an income statement, cash flow statement, and balance sheet is because you kind of working in big businesses and project management that you get used to these numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, so this makes a lot of sense. Like we're going back not one year, two years, but five years and creating a lot of rigor with like looking at like revenue, net income, EPS, debt, assets, liabilities, equity. Um, and, and understanding are the numbers moving in the right direction or the wrong direction in the point system between zero and a hundred that I created. Um, and a few other things I tweaked over and above Phil, but I was able, okay, to find some good stocks first year made 15% next year made 16%. Um, and then I realized that, Hey, I'm beating the market here yet. I had a problem. I was Mm -hmm. still holding on to ETFs and index funds, which I realized they're holding me back. Hmm. Those products are good if you want to protect your wealth. But if you're still working, and I we teach this in Ticker, if you're still working and you have a timeline to achieve, maybe it's financial independence or early retirement, and it's years out, you want to get rid of those bundled products. Maybe hold on if you want some protection, but to really put the gas to the floor and accelerate this thing, you've got to be an individual stocks, Warren Buffett style. So I made 80% my third year. And then since then my returns on average, we're going about 10 years now, almost investing. My returns per year are about 50%. Hmm. And it's it's nothing glamorous, it's, it's not trading. It's just in like finding really strong stocks and then buying more as much as I can every month at least. And when the market goes down, that's the key. That's then this is something Phil Town teaches. Stockpiling. You want to make sure you got dry powder available to strike to buy more when the market goes down, and that's the thing a lot of people can't do because their emotions kick in and they become afraid and uh, and they run the other way. It's like no, you got to buy more, and that's like, I'll for example, in two thousand twenty, I made one hundred twenty percent. Well, mm-hmm. how is that possible? The COVID <laughs> dip right. in February, March, right? Mm-hmm. And this year I'm up over a hundred percent because of the recession of two thousand twenty two and part of twenty three. But but anyway. Um used this Excel sheet for four years, brings me to 2019, started sharing it with a few people out there, including retail investors and some institutions. And everybody was like, when are you going to turn this into a software? So it's literally like 10 years later. After there's your that idea. First business, yeah. There's like, I've got an idea now. <laughs> 10 years it took. And it all started on a spreadsheet. <laughs> oh, no kidding. Um, and so it took about a, a year to build the first version of Ticker. Um, after launch, it took six months to get the first paying customer, but I, I knew that building tech this long, mm-hmm. um, what you want to do is when you launch a tech business, don't even worry about making money. You want to get people in the door for free, but in return, you want feedback and you want it fast. Right. And I'm like, I want a hundred customers and I want to know everything that's wrong with my business. I don't care what's right. I want to know what's wrong so I, <laughs> so I can make those adjustments. Right and that's that's how you iterate and that's that's product ownership 101 is you find the issues you fix them find what people want keep adding to it but but now as of today we've we're live a little over 3 years we've got over 8000 customers in about 50 countries and we're we're really proud of this trustpilot score is a 4.9 out of five. So I always tell people like, if you ever hear me talk about ticker, don't even listen to me.
0: <laughs> just
2: go right. Like get, get me out of the equation. Just go right to trust See what our customers have to say. Cause I'm not going to sell you. That. Like I hate, and you probably do too. When somebody's trying to pitch something or something, it's like, stop. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want to hear it. So I'll talk about the platform, but again, if you're interested, just go check out trust pilot. But yeah, our model is so you and your audience know, and then I'll just hand this back to you. We're a screener and educational platform. So if Mm -hmm. you want to know like what's a good stock, like is Tesla good? Is Tesla bad? Like Apple, Palantir, AMD, NVIDIA, um, you can like 30,000 stocks on the platform. We have ETFs we analyze as well. We have crypto um, and we have a watch uh, like watch list tools that give you notifications. Like if anything changes, like that game system I mentioned, if a point changes Mm -hmm. on your stocks, you get notified. I love that feature. Oh, yeah portfolio tracker we just added a new um tool that uses chat to analyze more of companies for you nice. like um the meaning yep so it's it's pretty slick and um we uh, and and then education is big so we've got like daily emails that come out to people we've got the mobile app coming here in January and that'll have like educational modules built in so we're really we like this world it's kind of like between fintech and edtech so layman's terms like it, it shows you what to invest in, then teaches you in simple terms, like when to buy, when to sell, how to reduce risk, wh- how do you buy your first stock? You know, really simple right. stuff that get the beginners, you know, into the market. Cause everybody's joining Robinhood or T- I use TD Ameritrade or yeah, or whatever. So. Schwab now, anyway. right? Yeah, right. Yeah. It, it, exactly. So anyway, I'll, I'll, stop there. Longer story than three minutes, but I hope it was no least entertaining.
0: No, yes. Uh, very interesting. Um, uh, I do want to ask about, uh, your trading style then. So are you long only, do you only trade shares or do you trade other products, options, uh, or any of those other.
2: Yeah. I, I used to play in the world of options a little bit just to learn it. Mm-hmm. And I only really support, I don't use this strategy. I only support covered calls because it's really low risk, mm-hmm. but I am a straight value investor. I, I, hold, so the audience and, and you know, I hold 10 stocks in my portfolio, mm-hmm. highly focused and I just keep buying more. I have strong conviction of each and just, and I buy more. And then when the market goes down, guess what? I buy even more. Mm-hmm. And that strategy has proven to generate really, really good returns.
0: So you don't short anything then either. It's just all I, long apps. I do not. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's <laughs> all long. Yep. Yep. Do you, do you short? Um, I will, but that's where you use options, I think, because there's a lot less risk Yeah. Okay. Uh, when you're holding a put versus. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: for sure. Yeah. Uh,
0: another thing that I saw that you guys were adding to was a, a journaling system. And so to see somebody mm-hmm. who's who's put together a platform like this, that not only like shows, you know, diamonds in the rough, which is what everybody's looking for, but you also have the education aspect to go with that. And the focus on education and journaling is
2: very refreshing to see, because I don't think nearly enough people highlight that importance. Mm. I, I appreciate that. We th- This is kind of cool. I kind of described the journal. So it's a journal on every stock. You can make comments and it creates a timestamp. Mm-hmm um a score stamp and a a a price of the stock stamp at that moment and then whatever notes you add to it so you can kind of look at your entries over time be like um was my prediction or was my analysis did i say it was going up or down um so it's cool it creates those timestamps. but i like what you the comment you made there is journaling is hot we need to add it to a more prominent part of the site so right now you have to click on a stock and then you see it we want to add it to like the main menu Mm -hmm. trade journal and that way you can see like all the stocks or trade journal entries you've made so it's a little more a little more efficient to get to yeah right Uh, that makes sense so
0: journaling i've always highlighted is one of like the most important tools out there the other one i think would be risk management for me um where Like what would you rank like your top three skills that an investor should have or if they want to, you know, be successful? Top three,
2: um, I would say number one is controlling your emotions. Like if you, like I, Mm -hmm. we tell people in Ticker, like you don't have to be the smartest person in the room. You do not have to be an expert at math, but if you can control your emotions, you can make a lot of money. With that, I'll share a quick case study here that is in our Ticker um, education. A guy by the name of Ronald Reed, you can Google this guy, he's got an article mm-hmm. on CBC. but he's a janitor that built up a portfolio of $8 million. Question is, wow. how does somebody who's making close to minimum wage become a multimillionaire? The answer, find really strong value stocks and then keep buying more every month regardless what the market is doing. This guy had emotional fortitude that he, he went through, the, I think he, he served in World War II, Like Mm -hmm. a bad day in the market is like another Tuesday. It's like, right. You guys freaking out about, (laughs) you know, it's like, it's that at like, if you can control your emotions, you can do very well, regardless of what your income is. It's just, you have to continue buying more. So that's number one is emotional control. Two is patience. Um, what is Warren Buffett? He has that quote, like the market is a money transferring machine from the impatient to the patient.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: I believe that. Have, have you heard that one? Like, I don't know if I've like, heard that one, but yeah, that, that sounds
0: like something he'd say.
2: One of my favorite. Yeah. So I'd say emotional control patience, and uh, his, his other favorite, my favorite quote of his is nobody wants to get rich slow. Right. Yeah. Well, um, you got it. Compound interest doesn't happen overnight. No, I know. Right. Most, get- <laughs> right eighth, eighth wonder of the world. You know, number three, I'd say is, is you got to have courage. And that really applies to the beginner investor because the hardest part of investing we like I found with talking to or thousands of customers, it's not the getting rich part. You know, it's not finding good stocks like that. There can be some challenge there, but it can be pretty easy depending on who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, the hardest part is buying that first a stock. Yeah. It's like, I use an analogy like you're a little kid jumping into the deep end of a swimming pool. I remember that moment. Like, that's terrifying. Oh, the first time off a high dive. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) yep, Right. (laughs) Terrifying. But after you do it once, it's actually pretty easy. It's the same thing with buying stocks. So I know your audience may be a little further down the road, but like courage, like if you have courage, you can do this. Like you can beat the Mm markets. Like I was so impressed by Phil Towns teaching and just kind of now we put it into a software platform that helps you on this journey.
0: S P U L L E N at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520 977 7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. I want to go back to something you just said there about managing emotions. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell me
2: like how, how that process works for you? Yes. Um, so I'll give you a few case studies here on, on situations where I could have lost money. Now this is a, uh, Warren Buffett quote, rule one investing, you know, rule one, don't lose money mm-hmm. rule two, remember, don't rule forget one. rule one. It's like, <laughs> right. It's like fight club, like yep, first yep. rule fight club. Don't <laughs> so this was like back in 2016 or 17, I bought uh, Rollins. Rollins, um, think of like Orkin, they kill insects, okay, yeah. uh, like, right? Think of like centipedes or uh, termites, whatever. But they, they're a cool business model where they, um, they'll they buy their competitors. Like, let's create that wide moat, make sure people can't duplicate us. Let's just buy them. Love it. Love mm-hmm. that model. And their financials were pretty good in this Excel sheet. I bought the stock. Earnings report came out. Their score went down. Their, um, the share price went down. And now the share price was below my cost basis or average buy price. Mm-hmm. What do I do? So option one is I can freak out and sell for a loss. Or option two, remember rule one, investing. I decided let's go with rule one and ride this thing out. What happens is, I think it was like three or six months or something, the market, it just kind of rallied a little bit in a rising tide. I know the the guys at Motley Fool always say this, a rising tide lifts all ships. Yep, And I love that because the market will lift things up, even if even if they're not great businesses at a given moment, They'll lift it back up. Well, sure enough, my share price or the share price went above my cost basis. At that moment, I sold for profit, put in other stocks. Year later, same thing happened with Callaway Golf. I'm a, I am play golf. I'm not going okay. pro anytime soon. But, <laughs> Me neither. But I I enjoy the sports and write and Callaway, you know, the golf bags and golf clubs and shoes and hats and all that stuff. And same thing, bought the business, score changed. Stock went down lower than my cost basis. And I think I waited nine months in that case. But it's like, you know what? If you got a situation where stock went down, you you ride it out. Rule one investing. So in my case, believe it or not, I refuse to lose money in the stock market. In fact, I don't lose money in the stock market because I do not sell for a loss. I make sure I buy strong businesses and make sure the market lifts them back up. And if I want to sell it, that's when I'll sell for a profit.
0: So what would you do if uh, the company just continued to crater, or if your analysis changed, like how, how do you manage risk in that scenario then?
2: Yes. So that relates to how you get into a stock in the first place. And I do want to emphasize this Mm -hmm. and Phil um, Warren Buffett has talked about this a little bit too, but invest in businesses, you know, um, Phil town took it a step further and talks about the four M's of investing, which are, he doesn't use the same order as us, but we place a high emphasis on this, which is The math part of investing is the first M, which is the margin of safety. Mm -hmm. That encompasses our ticker. There's a summary, score, and margin of safety all in one. Really easy to understand. That's the math part. But an investor should never start and stop with the math because business is more than just math. Mm -hmm. You have to move on to the meaning moat and management. The meaning is the business model. How many revenue streams does a company have? How scalable are those revenue streams? Then you have the moat, how does a company stack up against other companies in the same sector and industry? And then you have the management, which is a track record of the CEO. I kind of look at that last M like let's say you're the, the GM of a football team and you want to win a Super Bowl. Do you go looking for a quarterback at the local high school? Right. Do you go to another team that has a quarterback that already won a Super Bowl before. Mm-hmm. Like you want a CEO that's been there done that. So anyway. The question is, how does somebody do the 4M? Well, this is where ChatGPT has come in and we put together the new 4M, which is powered by ChatGPT, so it handles all 4Ms for you. You gotta, It kind of walks you through in this gamified experience, but I make sure I only invest that have a in businesses that have a high 4M rating. Mm-hmm. So in most cases, when you do that, this is a ship that's not going to fall, like going to sink. Like it's it's a strong company. And if the if it goes down a little bit, it's mainly going down because the market's going down. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want. So in most cases, I buy these high 4M stocks and yes, they may gonna go down for a moment, but they're going to correct and go back up. So this it removes that situation where people think they're investing in a strong company, but it can be a complete dud, take a nosedive and never recover thereafter like you want to avoid that situation in the front and that's why the 4m you know it it reduces that risk for you
0: right there's less of those um
2: i don't know meme stock type scenarios where yeah those fail like for example gamestop amc Mm -hmm. costs anybody who works there likes those brands i'm sorry i mean they're probably neat in some ways but like come on they're not strong stocks
0: yeah what is the 4m score of gamestop right now i wonder
2: uh, oh, it's it like, I'll give you the ranges and I'll tell you where it's at because I just did it like yesterday. So it's it's a hundred point scale, kind of like the, the um, it would be our score for stocks, but this is the margin of safety, or this is the 4M score. If you can get 80 or higher, that's like a definitive green light. You've got a really strong business. Mm-hmm. If it's between a 60 and 79, moderate confidence, you can still move forward, but you better know this business. And then anything that's 59 or lower is red. That is okay. like you want to avoid like the plague and getting in 59 or lower. That's pretty bad. And GameStop last time I did it was a 45.
0: It's not as bad as I thought it could be. Um,
2: <laughs> what's uh
0: Salesforce by comparison. That's uh, um, been a solid one for me over the years. Is this,
2: is this video or is this audio only? On uh, I'm recording
0: video, but uh, we put this out audio only. Um, okay. I'll do clips with the video though. Let me. I'm going to share my screen. Oh, nice.
2: Should be able to do that. Can you can you see ticker? Now I can, yes. Yeah. Okay. This this will give you guys a better picture of what you're looking at here. So here's Apple, for example. We'll start with this stock. So you've got the a stock is either on sale, watch, or overpriced. You can see Apple's watch because of the margin of safety is a little lower. Mm-hmm. I'll give context there. So a stock is on sale, and I'll show you, like, I'll go to my watch list here so you can get an idea what's what but you've got like so airbnb is actually on sale um you've got uh amn Healthcare. i see is on sale got uh here we go chipotle nice on sale
0: (laughs) what's chipotle trading at now
2: 2300 jesus yeah right that share price is up there so you've got i'll jump back to apple here so a stock is on sale if the score is 50 or higher and the margin is safety is 50% or higher. The margin of safety, what we do there is we calculate the fair value using the EPS growth rates over four or five years. Mm-hmm. If we can't get that many years, like for example, it's an IPO stock, we try to get a minimum of three quarters. So those are the main numbers. Then you have the the 4M here in the dead center. You can see here, that's pretty good. Like 84 mm-hmm. on Apple solid. We'll go to the 4M confidence booster page. We'll see people are starting to do different and the score will be different each time the reason is we look at different companies in the same sector and industry so for example let's go to crm okay we so like if it is
0: how it's performing relative to its
2: own sector is uh yeah yeah gotcha so here here's a demo of how this works so that it sets the tone like what are we doing here you've got margin of safety meaning motin management what do each of those mean and we'll go to get started here's Because you got to gamify it. What score are you going for? (laughs) Yep. So we're going for 100. I I went through those earlier. Anything 59 or lower is low. Um, All right. So here we go. We're getting started. So margin of safety, we can see we're at 61, which is pretty good. But the margin of safety in Salesforce is zero. This tells us that EPS, the profitability, is not increasing as much as we'd like. So that's why it's watched. Gotcha. Doesn't mean it's a bad stock, but it's just worth paying attention to. Then we get to the meaning this, we had an old forum in the past. You kind of had to do your your homework on this on your own, but check this out let AI go to work. It's huh. gonna take a few seconds and then it's gonna start typing. Here we go. I love that software as a service. huh. So it gives you a nice summary of the business model. How does it make money? How many different revenue streams? This is important because you don't wanna invest in a company that has one revenue stream. If that leg of the table is pulled out, um, you have an issue. Right. All right. So the revenue scalability is, it's a 3.7. It could be better. We look at the scalability, but we also look at the profitability behind the scenes, including um, like return on invested capital, mm-hmm. return on assets, return on equity. That's more behind the scenes stuff, but this is, it could be a touch better. I've, I've seen better. And this, just for context of this 4M is very rigorous, getting a I've never gotten a hundred out of a hundred. It's, that's probably impossible. Okay. So it's, it's very, <laughs> very hard. Yeah. That's
0: probably a good All thing right. then. That means that your scale is right. Probably
2: make it, make it hard, create a lot of rigor, software engineering right. in the corporate world really teaches you that. <laughs> All right. We use the, the alpha to compare against the market. So, okay. you, so you can see they have outper- outperformed the market the last five years. That's great. All right. So, with the the meaning of the business model, this is important, as Warren Buffett states. Wise investors should invest in what they know. I would say mm-hmm. I know Salesforce very well, so I'm going to put very high. I always tell my audience this. I usually go very low for pharma. Um, I don't love pharma because government regulations can tank, tank a pharma company overnight, oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I also don't know enough about the manufacturing processes. I really don't know enough. So I always put very low for
0: pharma. All I know with pharma is the cost to get a drug to market is so extremely high and so fraught with risk that it's really it's really like
2: throwing darts. Right. Like anybody comes to me with like a business idea and they say, I want to start a pharma business. I'm like, No, mm, no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try again. Right. This is this is pretty cool. This is the mode screen. Prior version of 4M, you had to do it manually. You now check this out. It will grab four other companies in the same sector in industry, and then it ranks them in five different categories. So let's see where this ranks up against. Um, in the summary, we can see we're tied for first with Watch. The score we're tied. Oh, nice. We're second. There's a tie for third. It's funny okay. that Lyft is in that group. I wouldn't have picked Lyft to. I know, it is in the same sector industry, so one of the two. Mm -hmm. Okay, so with this, the score, they're second place, decent, margin of safety, yeah, they're zero, so they're tied for third. Um, Mm -hmm. Revenue scalability, okay, so they're second, that's pretty good against the others. And then alpha, we can see they are third. It's really slick, I kind of like this. Nice, thank you. That's a
0: lot of information, like right at your fingertips there, and And it looks like it's useful information, like ranking against peers is definitely something that uh, I don't think people do enough of. I know I don't, Uh,
2: starting to now, as I learn more.
0: Well, I'll show you other
2: parts of the tool here in a second, because I'm actually curious myself to see what kind of score we get. All right, so that was the Mm -hmm. moat. Now we're at management. We're almost done. Similar to the beginning, AI is going to go to work, wants to find out the, um, the accomplishments of management, how effective... Is management. And we also use that, like I said earlier, that uh, return on invested capital, return on assets, because they're actually good numerical measures or tools to measure a uh, CEO's uh, impact. You can see here a little low, 2.5. Okay. So it could be a bit better there with uh, Mark. I because I was actually
0: expecting that to be a little low because don't they go through that? Like they had the co CEO thing going on for a while that kind of yes. failed. And it seems like every time they trained a replacement for uh, Mark. Uh, is that his name? Benioff, yeah, Benioff. Benioff. It seems like every time they train a replacement for him, he ends up leaving because Mark doesn't want to leave either. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see, I want a co-CEO,
2: but I don't. Like, like which is it? (laughs) That's exactly. That's how that goes.
0: It's hard to keep good leadership though if there's nowhere to go, (laughs) if you
2: can't go up. Yes, yes. This is this is our last screen before we get the final score. So we actually use the glass door. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you'll love this. So, check this out. This took a little homework, but get this stocks with a company score greater than 3.7 on average outperform the market by 6%. And stocks mm-hmm. with a CEO approval greater than 73% have on average outperformed the market by 8%. So, it tells you that happier employees actually produce better returns in the market. That's shocking, especially when you're doing a customer service based model. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Let's treat our employees with respect. How about, how about that? You know? Exactly. Um, it, it is one of those things like we talked to Glassdoor like, hey, do you have an API so we can connect you directly and just do this for our customers? And the answer is no, they do not. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do link over. You can skip this step so people can reduce the fraction and we'll kind of use calculations behind the scenes. Um, but in this case, I'll just punch in um, actually 4.1 and a 77. So that does beat both numbers, actually yeah so they're not too mad but Mm -hmm. (laughs) room for improvement all right let's see what we get um 58 interesting okay so we um the margin of safety could be a lot better we do know that the meaning of the moat Mm -hmm. that's the strong part of this model but the management management margin of safety a bit low so this is actually 58 that 59 or lower so i would maybe look for other stocks doesn't mean like if you're holding the stock if you should sell it i'd probably ride it up but
0: just means don't don't be looking to add just yet. There's going to be yeah, better opportunity. I, it it exactly. And yeah, that's the other thing that, like you just said there, like there's no absolutes when it comes to investing or the stock market. Yeah. There's only probabilities. You want as many things on you want as many winds blowing
2: in your direction as you can. That's. Yeah, you you nailed it. It's uh, it, it, our audience resonates with one key word more than anything, and that's confidence, like the more confidence mm-hmm. they can have moving forward. Great. So with with that in mind, you know, you got this main page here, you can kind of like this is the one chart we have because we don't we don't do trading. We're all about value investing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Let's go ahead to um, we do have analyst ratings. You can see what other analysts are saying, where the stock is going, like potential price targets,
1: <laughs> financials,
2: charts.
0: Do you invert the, I, I have a hard time trusting an analyst anymore these days. Every time I see somebody talking about trying to talk up a stock, I'm
2: more worried about the trying to sell it to me. <laughs> you know what? You're, you're right. That's why we don't factor analyst ratings into our ticker score because we only look at the numbers, just cut right to mm-hmm. the math there and then the 4m looks at of course with a little help from chat looks like you know at the revenue streams and and the uh, ceo and whatnot but um here's you can get an idea what the the charts look like we look at like i mentioned you know revenue net income eps but you can kind of flip through those we have earnings calendar um this is cool because you can you can click these little calendars and add it right to your like i use google calendar but you can oh, pick your calendar Yeah. Yeah. So you get notifications a day of like, Hey, here's today." you know, Apple's earnings report is today. That's awesome. Ratios. Um, This is interesting for some people. You can see their executive compensation.
0: (laughs) Uh,
2: See what people are earning. Um, Holdings. This is kind of cool. You can see in the last 24 hours, like, okay, so, or, or the last change, I should say like Vanguard, when did they add more or get rid of? Oh, that's super interesting. Do you have insiders your, on there too? Not insiders yet. That's on okay. our, our roadmap. Yeah. Um, he, here's that trade journal uh, you mentioned. Um, I'll just say note for CRM. Um, with today's date? You add a note and it will stick. It'll show that that summary mm-hmm. score and margin of safety all right there. It's it's stamped. And of course, you can pin it if you want to pin to the top or you want to edit or delete. So.
0: I assume you can sort all those notes by like ticker. So like that note is attached to Salesforce. If I wanted to go look and see it, all my
2: Salesforce notes, I could pull those up. Um, That's what we're going to be working on is adding it to our left nav here. So you can, yeah. you could click trade journal. Yeah. Right now it's just sitting. It's embedded within uh, one of the, mm-hmm. whatever stock you go to. So yeah, like. The left nav here will give you good perspective, like ETFs, crypto. Now, crypto we don't analyze; we just use it as a marketing play to bring crypto traders into our platform. Right. Um. And and it you can create alerts against it. Like for example, you know down here you can set alerts on stocks, ETFs, and crypto. Um. So you keep everything in one location. That's one thing that bugs me about like Yahoo Finance and other platforms is like I want all my alerts in one clean location. Is that too much to ask right. for? Oh God. So, yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. I've, I've got that all right here. And then the portfolio trackers, I've got different portfolios I created here. And, and uh, yeah, I'll show you one more thing here. The ETFs. This is kind of cool. We'll go to this one here. I share semiconductor. It shows a breakdown of like how many on sale stocks looks like 51%. How many watch, how many overpriced. Oh, that's really cool. And then, You can see like the top holdings, like what's the Mm -hmm. weight, and then what is that stock? Okay, that's an on sale stock and it's got a seventy eight and you can see the industry and sector as well. So yeah. Yeah, a bunch of bunch of cool stuff within. So
0: I can't imagine what that spreadsheet looked
2: like before you uh (laughs)
0: turned this into the platform.
2: It it was It was actually just the stocks table um right now you'll see this pop up we got a little yeah about thirty-one thousand stocks but you can create whatever filters you want and then you can save those filters like for example let's go to like hidden gems this is on sale mid cap stocks in the us us currency you can see that brought it down to 307 so those for example these might be cool like breakout stocks to really pay attention to Mm mm-hmm um, but it's, it's cool. It's saved, but yeah, the, the Excel sheet was really just this, this screen right. you see here without fancy filters and column. You can like rearrange columns. You know, people love doing that. Oh, I do.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: it, exactly. Turn them on and off. Like mm-hmm. if you want to get rid of noise, right. Um, and then you, on the left here, you can see, you can add notes, you can add alerts all like, yeah, want a clean location. So yeah, that was the, the Excel sheet was the first version of this screen here
0: cool that's pretty impressive what you put together there thank you so the website again is ticker if people want to check that out tykr.com tykr.com
2: you guys got any deals or specials going yes actually we do have a, a special right now for any yearly plan use top 50 to get 50% off top 50 top yep it's capital five zero yep. you got to capitalize top and That'll get you 50% off for a year on any yearly plan. And that'll be important because a lot of people are looking forward to that mobile app coming here in January.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and it looks like you got other stuff coming in soon. Uh, looking at your your Roadmap. features sheet yeah. here too. Cool. All right, before we get too far out of here, I do want to touch on the podcast and, sure. and kind of ask you about that. Uh, so you've been doing uh, Payback Time for it looks like
2: about three years now? Launched it pretty much the same time as Ticker. And, and Payback Time is it's kind of a wider spectrum than just stock investing. It's really all focused on building businesses, building wealth, creating passive income. So I do interview people who, you know, maybe they're building a SaaS business, maybe e-commerce, maybe a service business. Um, and how are they scaling those? Even, um, I've interviewed real estate investors, venture capitalists, um,
0: I've seen quite a bit of crossover between your guests and ours. I think Kevin Jefferson was yeah. the most recent one that I saw that we talked to. He actually is the one who helped us name the show here. He sent us in a note, nice, suggesting the band of traders name. Yeah, sweet.
2: Um, he, I'm actually doing a webinar with him in in January. Great, great guy.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm was, I'm was hoping to do something with him about uh, forex, like maybe like a sweet. deep dive mini series into trading them. Yeah, yeah,
2: he'll he'll actually speak to my audience about how to safely start trading because. You know, people want to get into this space, and I always tell our audience, be careful, you know. But, but yeah, yeah, Payback Time Podcast, it'll teach you more about building business. If you, if you want business ideas, and like if, for example, we got a lot of people that work a corporate job, how do I get out of that corporate job and create my own business? Well, yeah. our podcast will give you a bunch of cool ideas. We even we interview some franchise consultants, non food. And we're talking franchises Mm -hmm. like setting up like little door blockers in corporations where there's no customer service, but the corporation pays you a monthly reoccurring fee just to have these door stoppers or I would call them more like construction blockers or separators. I'm like, talk about a simple business model that can make a lot of money with no customer service, like music to my ears i
0: know right yeah nobody's my blockers
2: broken. yeah right like it's a <laughs> yeah, piece of plastic that separates two walls right. that are under construction that's it but it's like you don't think of that and, and another company that does like the lines in parking lots like oh throw yeah, on okay. a podcast i'm gonna make some lines you know it's gonna take me all day mm-hmm. but like a two job like that that's a lot of money so it's another another franchise idea
0: there's a lot of opportunities out there. I yeah. think that's the, the lesson to learn, right? For sure. All right. Well, I think we're getting probably close to the end of our time here. Do you have anything else that you want to say before we uh, wrap this thing up?
2: Um, any Anybody wants to get started with, with Ticker. It's a 14-day free trial, no credit card. So we try to lower that barrier to entry, like get in, give it a test drive. And if you like it, then you can stick around thereafter. No credit card is amazing. I love hearing that. I tell you what, even Adobe, like Adobe, they make you add a credit card. Like you want to try any of their oh, product? Like, everyone come does. Come on. You're raising the barrier to
0: entry. You got to get rid of that step. Yes. You know. If you are if you believe in your product, get people in
2: there. They'll like it. If they like it. They'll pay for it. Exactly. The pro- Like, as I said earlier, I should never sell ticker. Like, let the product, let our customers speak for itself.
0: Yep. Yep. I love it, man. I love it.
2: All right. But unfortunately,
0: we have come to the end of our time here with Sean today. But that is no reason to be sad because there are hundreds of episodes of Payback Time that you can binge if you want Sean's voice to continue massaging your eardrums. Be sure to include all those links along with the link to ticker in the episode description. That's TYKR.com. Uh, we'll have those there just for you guys. We'll be back soon with another exciting episode. But until that day, help us have a happy new year by smashing that five star button and have a great 2024. This podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes only. It does not constitute financial or investment advice and should not be construed as such. The hosts, guests, and contributors of this podcast are not licensed financial advisors, brokers, or professionals. Any trading or investment decisions made based on the content of this podcast are solely at the listener's discretion and risk. Trading and investing in financial markets carry inherent risks and past performance is not indicative of future results. Listeners should conduct their own research and seek advice from qualified financial professionals before making any financial decisions. The views, opinions, and information shared in this podcast are those of the individual contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of the podcast creators or associated organizations. Produced by China Shop Productions.